The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you for the next 30 minutes, a frank, open, honest conversation about gambling addiction Joining me as always, a fellow uh, gambler in recovery from Epic Risk Management, our pal Dan Trelaro. Danny, good morning. How you doing, pal? I'm doing well. It's good to be back. I was just out in Idaho for the last couple of days where it was cold and snowy. Nice. You have, uh, I think you've seen damn near all 50 states in the last year, haven't you? <laughs> My 12-year-old said, Dad, how many states have you been to? I think I'm up to 44, so I've got six to go. Well, tell Epic that there's a big problem in Hawaii and you need a month to figure it out. <laughs> Uh, uh, happy to have with us uh, from North Dakota today, Sloan, who is a gambling recovery like myself and Dan. Sloan, we appreciate your time very much. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Thanks, guys, for having me. And uh, to add, it is very cold here in North Dakota. So, God, you get any snow yet or no? Actually, considering, um, not really. Kind of weird, but it's nice, too. Got it. All right. Uh, for the sake of the conversation, if you don't mind sharing, Sloan, when was your last wager? My last wager was October 30th of 2021. Got it. All right. So you're uh, you're just over a year in, huh? Yeah. It's uh, it, it feels great. Yeah. I wonder how uh, how bumpy was the year? Uh, was it easy peasy? Did you get through it like it was nothing, or were there moments over the course of the last? It'll be fair. Thirteen months now, where you struggled uh, to not gamble. Right. Um, definitely the first few months, I'd say the first two to three months, were definitely pretty rocky. Um, I The only thing I could re- equate it to, I felt like I was literally going to explode if I didn't go to the casino. So, I, of course, I'd give in. And then um, I was challenged to, hey, what would happen if you actually don't give in? And I found out I wasn't going to explode. So, um after, I'd say, three months, that's when the fog really lifted for right. me. Um, when I removed myself from uh, the casino promotion, stopped getting um, those mailers, you know, with the free money that they advertise, which isn't really free. Um, that really helped. Um, just um, Sure. No, I, I just, listen, I've told the story many times that when I self-excluded from uh, the casinos, I did it online because I was told that's how you do it. And about right. a week and a half later, I got a letter from an Atlantic City casino saying, we acknowledge that you have self-excluded from online gambling, uh, but we'd love to have you come in and gamble in person. And I was saying to myself, like, you know, I never went back to that place. Uh, but, yeah, the pull was strong. I, I, was, I had that argument with myself. Well, I did the right thing. I'm not going to gamble online. And since they're aware of that and they're inviting me in, you know, maybe I should just walk in the front door one day. And, uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't do that. Right, let, let's learn a little bit more about your story, Sloan. Um, how young were you when you first got exposed to gambling and before it became a problem in your life? Well, um, the funny thing is um, I, I always thought I was about 25 um, when I really became a serious gambler. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, 23. But um, a couple days ago, I was really thinking back, and I think it started when I was 10 years old, and it um, it was 1999, around that time, um, 
and I was with my mom and her um, boyfriend at the time um, in uh, I would listen to the radio stations for them for promotions and I would be they'd have me have their cell phones and I'd be calling these numbers trying to be lucky caller three sure. to get concert tickets right and now that I think about that that is gambling and it, it did something for me because when I the few times I was the lucky caller and got those concert tickets, mm -hmm. you know, I way to go Sloan, you know, and, but it was just, I think that was my first true gambling experience. Yeah. I wasn't at a casino, but I, I'm pretty sure I was 10. Fair enough. So at what point did you start actually either going to casinos or playing cards for money or whatever the case may be? Were you yeah. a, a teenager? Did it start in high school? When did you start? seeking out gambling mm. it was um 2011 it was an innocent trip to a casino i've never played cards i i don't know how to play um texas hold'em or anything like that it was just an innocent trip to a casino with a friend um i drove her to an appointment in town and she's like hey let's go here and eat and um let's play some slots and i thought that'd be fun i i don't like video games so i just didn't think anything but just a new experience and um, the first time I was there, I, I don't remember a huge win, but I just remember like, I can't wait to come back. I found this game. I liked, um, the refreshments, the food. I just thought it was really relaxing. Um, I don't know. It, it did suck me in. It, so, it was weird. I got you. And that's really, uh, looking back on it, it's probably less weird to you, uh, with the right. clarity you have now, but Dan, let me bring you in on that. You know, there's a reason casinos smell a certain way there's a reason a very calculated reason why the lighting is a certain way why there yeah. are no windows why there are no clocks why you know the machines have your know, bright lights on them and make funny sounds that is all a very calculated perfected uh plan by casino operators after a hundred years of research yeah and and you said it right it's the psychology right? It's the psychology of gambling. It taps into all of our senses, our desires. It's that, it's that what if I'm the lucky one, you yep. know, that get rich quick. What if today's my lucky day, you know, and it, it, it just, it touches everyone. I think that point was really driven home, I guess, a little bit more for me this past year when my fiance and I went to Vegas for a, a convention and a conference. And I, I don't like to go to Vegas by myself. I like to still keep, you know, 12 plus years in recovery coming up on 13. I still like to have roadblocks with me in my place. But even, even Kate, just she's not a gambler. Even that walking through the casino, it made her want to experiment. Sure. So it is so, it's such a pull for people, touching on all the senses. And, you know, it, it, that's what it does. It starts as a fun time. It starts innocently enough as a form of entertainment. But all of a sudden, given the wrong set of circumstances, it can quickly turn into something that you just can't get away from. Yeah, I used to have what you know, I refer to now as my casino walk. And I'll never yeah. forget it, that once uh, you, know, you check into the room, if I was staying over, uh, now I'm making the walk to go down to uh, the cage either to, you know, to take care of a marker or to go to the table to, you know, to get a marker, whatever it may, might be. You know, I walked at a different pace than I, I walk in any other aspect of my life. And I yeah. would feel when I got to the Egg Harbor Township uh, toll, going down the Atlantic City Expressway, that was always a marker for me. When yeah. I got to that toll booth, a, uh, a warming sensation came over my body. Um, I didn't recognize it at the time. Mentally, I was different. Emotionally, I was different. Body temperature, I was different. And it was all tangible and all real because I knew I was 20 minutes away. 
I knew I was yeah. about to pull into the casino parking lot, and within an hour I'd be gambling, and I loved how that made me feel. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. They did a, a research on, on the brain of someone who was addicted to gambling, and they put him in an MRI scan, and, and what they concluded was it's the anticipation as much as the participation in gambling. That's what gets the brain lit up. It's not just winning. It's not a money problem. You know, it's an emotional issue. And for people who struggle, it's thinking about it will get you just as excited as actually doing it. So, Sloan, what became your game of choice that caused you so many problems? Uh, slot machines just really pulled me in. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I'm always fascinated by the slot machine player, especially the compulsive gambler who uh, you know pushes the button or pulls the lever, because to me it never made sense that anyone would process that you're going to win money by playing the slot machine when they're federally regulated to only pay out 20% over the course of an entire year. And I never understood that mentality until I obviously got in the program and started meeting more and more people like you. What was the alert of the slot? Was it... The fact that you could long play your money, was it the bells and whistles of the machine? What drew you to slots? Well, um, to go back just a little bit mm-hmm. about the anticipation because it leads to this, like um, payday, Thursday, that gets the juices flowing. And then Saturday, I didn't work the weekend, so I'd go fill up my car and get the pizza. And that's when I really start getting excited when I get on the highway. And then I would think... Um, if I see 15 deer along the way, I'm going to have a jackpot. Mm. If I see 10 Jeeps on the way, that is a sign that I am going to hit a jackpot. And I just thought, um, I haven't been here in two, three weeks. This is my machine. Someone just put $1,000 in here. I'm going to win. I just thought it was so it compl- was So like completely yep. irrational thoughts about a big jackpot. Irrational. Got it. Yep, I if I wear my lucky necklace, yep. if, um, I'd find a penny on the the floor. I'd put it in my shoes. So I thought that is going to help me get a jackpot. So let me ask you this: um, When you were really at the height of your addiction, and you went to a casino to play slots, give us an idea of how long you might be willing to sit at a machine or various machines in one stay. Would you spend 18 hours there? Would you spend seven hours straight? Like, what was your play like? Um, it really depended on how long the money would last. Sure. Um, it was, on average, four to six hours, I'd say. If I did well, I could stay 12. I never did a 24-hour bender, even though I, I would have liked to. I, I just needed my sleep. But, um, uh, I don't know, just looking back at it... Um, yeah, just a lot of time there. I hear you. I hear you. We're going to take a quick break in one second, but uh, we're talking to Sloan uh, in North Dakota and, of course, Dan Shalara from Epic Risk Management. This is Hello, My Name is Craig. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. All right, welcome back to Hello, My Name is Craig. Sloan from North Dakota and, uh, as always, Dan Shalaro, Epic Risk Management. Sloan, I know it's tough to talk about it, especially since you just celebrated one year of uh, sobriety from gambling, uh, recovery from gambling, which is amazing. And I just want you to know, before we get into more of your story, you should know that guys like Dan and I are really proud of you. It's a major accomplishment to get 13 months in to our recovery, and it took a lot of hard work to get there. So 
You know, I'm, I'm sure there's not a lot of people in your life that can relate to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, please know that there are people like us out here who are rooting for you. And I'm really proud of the fact that you've dedicated your life to not gambling. It's a big deal. And uh, you should feel proud of that. Yeah, I definitely do. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm very proud. It's, I consider it the biggest accomplishment of my life. Awesome. Awesome. Mm. So mm. I hate to do this, but on that mm. note, let's go down to uh, you know the day that changed your life. Was there a, uh, a moment where I don't know, you did something stupid financially or illegally or had a terrible loss for you? What was that kind of bottom of the barrel moment where you recognized and were then willing to go get help and admit you had a problem? Well, that's the interesting thing, too, because um, I have been trying to get help since 2013. Okay. Um, I, you know, it's the story, lost all my money. Oh, how am I going to pay my rent? Um, I was driving home, wanted to yank my steering wheel into a, to the lake just to end it all. But um, I did um, I pull up my phone. I was looking for resources, and I came across a number that I reached out to. Um, so then I was directed to come to um, an outpatient treatment. That was 2013. Um, you know, you're 25 years old. You think you know everything. So I'd go there for a couple weeks. But I would let the dust settle a little bit. Um, they'd help me a little bit, um, you know, not to keep gambling, but um, the things they would say. I, I, I thought it sounded good, and I thought I was very genuine wanting to quit, but that urge was so strong within those two weeks when I had money again is, I'm sorry, but this treatment is not for me, and, right. you know, back on my bender. But, um, yeah, it was so many rock bottoms, and the thing is, um, you think you hit your rock bottom, but you just, you have that shelf in your hand, and you keep going deeper and deeper, and when are you going to actually hit that rock bottom where you can no longer dig where you end up dead. And you don't need to find that out. What was your story? Well, when I finally decided that I've had enough, um, it was just so many losses, um, just broke. Um, I've been in a current apartment for three years at the time, and I paid my rent on time three times out of 36 months. Wow. I just got so tired. I just remember the last time in the casino, I was down to my last $10 and it was kind of like time stood still. I remember slowly looking around the room and I said to myself, I said, this is the last time I'm going to be here. And I did play my remaining $10. And when that money was out, I threw my card in the trash and I drove home, but it was just this weird sensation, just looking around and. Oh, and was that it? Was that the last, was that the last time you gambled? Um, I, I did have a slip. Um, it was a, a little longer than typical. I, I think I went a month, and then I gambled again. And then that casino, I did a self-band. I asked security to please um, ban me, so I had my photo taken, signed sure. papers, saying I want to come back to the property. If I did, I could be arrested. And then um, I believe I did gamble one more time a few weeks later, and then that's when I was done. And I was, you know, Dan, I want to bring you in on that because that's very relatable to me, and I imagine to you as well back in the day when you look in the mirror and you're mad at yourself because, you know, the money's gone again, or you vowed I was never going to do it again or do it at that level again, whatever the kind of self-conversation is, and we wind up doing it again. 
and you're yeah. having most of the time for a lot of people the same result being ticked off having empty pockets and vowing this is it it's the last time and i'm wondering in the in the studying that you've done and the medical experts that you've now talked to over the last you know 2 years or so what is it about the way our brains are wired where we know it's wrong we know it's bad and we go and do it again and we do it again and we do it again and then all of a sudden one day it does click and we're able to stop like I, i've never i've never really come uh full circle in my own life with that where there were so many times i said you got to stop or bet less or slow down whatever the case may be and i did it anyway <laughs> and then one day and i don't know why it is I was able to just stop. You know, and I think, boy, I tell you, and there's so many different ways to go with that. But the short answer is, is that, you know, gambling is hard to abandon because the simple fact is you win every so often. You know, it's that it's that intermittent reward schedule that I'm going to win. And I know I've done it in the past. I know today might be my lucky day. And it's that habit forming center that's really hard to abandon. And, and you know, it often takes a few tries to stop. You know, you're going to say, listen, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Ban me. I don't want to do this. And then a week later, it could be something. You get a memory. You get a marketing ad like, like we talked about. That's always a huge – marketing is one of the biggest things that sends people right back. Sure. You could be a commercial. It could be this, this fond recollection, this memory that, oh, yeah, that was a good time. You All of a sudden, you forget about all the pain that you've just felt and you've just endured, and instead you get this little seed that says, oh, this could be the right day. Maybe it's a sign. It's the cognitive distortion, that illusion that starts to creep in. You know, there's so many different things that can send somebody back. But ultimately, sustainable and long-term recovery starts to happen when you, you start to create a world where the gambling no longer fits in. You, you make different friends. You, you take the steps you need to block yourself and protect yourself. You, you, you work. You just, whatever it might be, you find other hobbies. And over time, that urge tends to diminish, but it's never completely gone. It, that's the one thing. We could be good for 12 years, four years, one year. We always have to be on the lookout because at any given point in time, it can come back. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. I understand that. I think if there weren't certain people in my life today – there's a good chance if I had cash in my pocket, I might go gamble it. I, and I own 100%. that. And I, I'm yeah. honest about that. And only because those people are in my life do I not gamble, you know, and do I allow other people to, you know, kind of control a lot of the financial decisions I'm even allowed to make because of a lack of access to any funds. Uh, before I let you go, Sloan, uh, you know, it's, I, I love talking to younger guys about their journey because so many um, people in our audience are like you. The younger cool. guys. And uh, I, I want you to speak to them if you can, based on your experience more over the last year, you know, than the nine or 10 years before that, because you're in a really good place now, it sounds like. Financially, cool. I imagine you're certainly on the road back, if not all the way back. And for those young guys out there that may have just started gambling or may have just recognized, hey, you know, I've got a problem, I'd love you to speak to the reality of how good life can be once you get to the place you're currently in? All right. Thank you. That's a very good question. Um, I think we have to take it back even farther. If you really want to maintain a life of sobriety, if you have trauma in your life, um, you like I did, I had a lot of loss. Um, I was a foster kid, things like that. You have to deal with those problems. You just can't quit gambling. If you have this trauma, you have to seek outside counseling and do that work as well. 
besides like an outpatient treatment center. So I definitely recommend if you have trauma such as I did to seek help and like do that hard work as well because they go hand in hand. Um, if you are in treatment and you slip, remember you could come back. You're not going to get shamed. Um, you're not going to get scolded. You know, you're just going to be encouraged to do better. What what can we do to help you? What roadblocks can be put in place? Um, so you, 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 you were using gambling as an escape from other problems in your life, yeah? Yeah, I was. I was numbing myself, just so much pain, just being there. I didn't have to think about everything. I isolated a lot, and I considered going to the casino and visiting with the nice grandma next to me. I considered that socialization. Sure. Just um, Did you ever actually, I know you referenced turning the, the car wheel. Did you ever actually uh, try to hurt yourself? Um, No, because uh, I got to admit I'm a wimp. Um. I, I did roll my car on the way to the casino, and I did get my car out of the ditch, and I still drove to the casino in that same car. Hmm. Um, so I could have ended up dead, but I I took surviving that and my car being drivable as a sign that I need to continue on. So you were going to win let, that night. I got let you. Me just, yep. Let me just say something there, Sloan. You just said something. I just want to chime in, and, and I'm sure Craig heard it too. That it, you're not a wimp. You know, I, mm-hmm. I understand where you're coming from with that, but the, but you're a strong person actually mm-hmm. stronger than you realize. I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say something. You're a very strong person. It's really strong to admit and to talk about those things and to not take that what would seem at the time the easy way out. And I know, Craig, that yeah. resonates with you, I'm sure, because you're, you're both very strong. Yeah, listen, I've, I've, and I've been there, too. Uh, you know, my story is very public uh-huh. about you know, a day when I almost did end it, um, my life. Um, and I would say to you what Dan's saying is right, and you do need to hear that. You know, not doing it and then also dedicating your life to not gambling and fixing the issues you have emotionally, mentally, you know, based on your past makes you one of the strongest guys we've had on this show. Mm-hmm. And you need to recognize, and this is one of the stigmas for young men that what you said, that you're a wimp or, you know, men don't cry, that kind of nonsense or don't share emotions. And to the contrary, it's easy not to, it's easier not to. It's mm-hmm. the guy that is willing to open up and say, hey, guys, I got a problem. I'm going to own that problem. I'm going to cry on your shoulder. I'm going to share my story because I have issues with it. Those are the real men. Those are the guys that are strong. And just think about what you've done in the last 13 months, which is a major accomplishment. A wimp couldn't have done that. A wimp wouldn't have done that because the easy way out is what you were doing. The hard yeah, way and, out is um, putting the work in, and it's work. Like I, I was, I hope I always make this clear on the show. And Dan, please jump in as you want to here. That the day that you acknowledge you have a problem, all your problems don't go away. It's mm-hmm. just the first step, the most important step to getting to where you're at now, which is a healthy lifestyle. But you have more work to do, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that's clear where it takes a lot of work to get to 13 months, to get to more than four years, to get to almost 13 years. It don't just happen overnight. And that's the sign of a real man. You know, that's not wimpy at all. Like, it ain't easy. It'd be much easier for you right now to get in your car and go to a casino because that's what you know. That's your comfort zone. So staying out of that comfort zone and not gambling 
it's something that you should own and wear as a badge of pride because it's an it's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, I I definitely am, am thankful for being a compulsive gambler. Um, I wasn't at the time, but um, my big thing is when I would clam up when I was sharing my story, I would not cry. Um, mm. But now I'm a big, I let it out. I'm crying. Yeah. There's two minutes of silence because I can't talk. Um, yeah. That has been great for me. I'm I'm not afraid to show emotion. Yeah. And I think all compulsive gamblers or anybody in addiction they are strong because they haven't ended yeah. their life. They may have found something to cope and numb themselves, but they're still going. You know, they haven't, you know, yep. ended their life. So that's a strong person. And then just all the work that goes into planning these trips to the casino. Um, how am I going to move money here to there to pay bills? And there's a lot of work that goes into that. And yeah, it might, from the outside, look it in, it might look like a week and, Weak, weak person, but that it, it takes a lot of strength to continue on well, in a Sloan, weird way. I want to say I, I really appreciate you coming on today. And uh, if you ever need somebody to reach out to, I'm here for you. Dan's here for you. And stay on the right path, kiddo, because you're doing the right thing. You're in a good direction. And, you know, 13 months will become 16 months, will become 18, will become 24, et cetera. And one day you will look back on this and not maybe not laugh at it, but you look back on it at, with great clarity and you'll be super duper proud of who you see in the mirror when you look into it and life will be really, really good. And I hope to be a part of uh, sharing that with you when you get to that stage. And again, I appreciate you coming on very much. Yes. Thank you for having me. All right. Enjoy uh, the rest of your weekend. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Take care. Take bye care. bye. Dan, it's always the younger guys that you know, I think you and I both resonate with because our experiences albeit as older guys now, you know, has there's so much commonality. Like we, we see, not to speak for you, but I think I can, we see a lot of ourselves, our prior selves in these yeah. young guys. Yeah, it's almost like that dear younger me thing that I think about. Like you hear someone younger, 25 years younger, whatever it is, 30 years younger, it's, you know, that was me, you know, and, and there's a part of me that wants to help them avoid that suffering and pain. But sometimes, as we know, you got to go through it to really get it. And I also think about my kids. You know, you, we both have kids, similar age, you know, boys specifically that are more at risk at that age. Um, and, I, you know, don't want them to start to feel that same pain. Yeah. And pain's the right word because that's what it is. It's pain. There's it is. no doubt about pain. it. Well, look, yeah. safe travels back from Idaho. And <laughs> uh, next week, I'm told, is our 100th show. So wow. uh, we'll do a special show next week. It'll be our last uh, recorded live show uh, for the year, going into the holidays and whatnot. Uh, but it is our 100th show, so I'm looking wow. forward to that. And uh, we'll have some celebrating uh, to do when we get to next week. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, pal, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. You too. Have a great week. All right, there's Dan Trelaro. Check him out at Epic Risk Management. Uh, you got Joe and Evan next. And then uh, I guess I'll come back Monday at 2, yeah? All right. Me and Evan are back Monday at 2 o'clock. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you for listening to Hello, My Name is Craig.